Welcome to the Fundraising Freedom Podcast with Mary Valoni. I'm your host, Mary Valoni, and this is the place where fundraisers come to be encouraged, empowered, and educated on how to raise more funds and have more freedom. Welcome to episode 153. Today we're going to be talking about how I raised a half a million dollars in new money during a recession. Now, a couple weeks ago, I talked about how many recessions we've been through here, just in the United States alone. We've been through 15 recessions. And I know that right now with the pandemic and COVID-19, everything that's you're seeing in the media, a lot of people are talking about a recession and possibly even depression, uh, which is crazy to even think about. But many people are being challenged right now. We, we all are. Some of us are being challenged with just the fact that you have to work from home and others are being challenged because financially you have lost your job or seen a decline or possibly even lost a loved one or a friend to this really awful uh, pandemic. And so today I want to talk through a little bit about how we could possibly take a little bit of our control back and turn things around for our causes so that when we come out of this thing, we are stronger than ever. And so I, I was sharing with some of my clients a little bit about how I had raised the, you know, probably the most significant amount of money in my fundraising career happened during the Great Recession of 2008-2009. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, wow, there's I, th- I feel like there's a lot of lessons learned here that I could really pass along to you guys as you're thinking through your fundraising efforts during this season. So I'm gonna share a few things, a few, you know, things to think about as you're walking through this season. So one thing that I found as I was reflecting back on that time was really all about perspective. And, you know, there's two different ways that you can be looking at this. You can be looking at your fundraising and say, OMG, we are going to lose so much money during this season. Freak out, where you're like, just you immediately lean towards decline in fund in funding versus opportunity so growth what can we do what can we do to make this our greatest season ever and so i'm not sure which side you sit on today but by the time we get done with today's episode i am going to do my darndest <laughs> to convince you to be on the growth side the side where we're looking at opportunity versus fear and anxiety. Okay, let's go back a little bit in time, all right? So 2007, I was hired by the American Cancer Society to start a brand new fundraiser. This was a gala. Uh, Some of you guys are familiar with it. Um, I put on an event called the Cattle Barons Ball. It was an event that was taking place across the country. It wasn't just in Southwest Missouri where I lived uh, that we were going to be building out a fundraiser like this. But when I first got hired, they said, number one, we've never hired this position before. So you are the first person. You are the first person in this role. We've done other gala kind of dinner fundraisers in the past, but we have never had anyone specifically tasked with doing this. And so here I was hired fresh. I was, I had just turned 27 years old. So it was like two days before my 27th birthday and I was hungry 
I was hungry. I was working for what I often refer to as the granddaddy of nonprofits, the American Cancer Society. This organization was a billion dollar nonprofit when I was hired, a billion dollar nonprofit. I had been working for great organizations. As you, many of you know, I mean, I worked for Special Olympics. I worked for the ALS Association. Now, this was before the Ice Bucket Challenge, but the ALS Association and Special Olympics are huge organizations. They both have 90% plus name recognition. So it's not like I was working for some small, no-name organization prior to this. But here I was working for this organization that was a billion-dollar nonprofit at the time. And I was so excited. I felt like I had been given the chance of a lifetime to create something. So I did not take this task lightly that I was going to be tasked with creating this signature fundraiser for this organization. Now, I spent my days every single day walking into that office, studying, learning, trying to figure out what do I need to know about this organization so that I can really talk intelligently about the work that's being done. And so I did not waste a moment of time while I was there. I was so eager and hungry. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how long you've been in your organization, how long you have been working in the role that you've been in, but I want to ask you, are you hungry? Are you hungry to make a difference? Are you hungry to fulfill the mission and vision of your cause? And if you are questioning your attention and your commitment, I got to challenge you to start right there. How can you get that back? How can you get back to a place where you are excited and fired up and hungry to share the message of the work that you do? And so I can't tell you that you're going to have this amazing fundraiser and that you're going to raise all this money if you don't even feel like this cause is worth raising money for, right? So I got to you got to start from the very beginning here and start getting hungry again for growth and and opportunity. So I, you know, obviously jumped right in. I was eager I was hungry. I wanted to make a name for myself. I was sitting in these staff meetings hearing about all these great fundraisers and how much money we were raising you know, at each of these other fundraisers that were extremely successful. Many of you guys are familiar with Relay for Life and you know, that fundraiser was raising ugh, I I mean majority of the funds, majority of that billion dollars that was coming in for the organization was coming in through this signature fundraiser Relay for Life. And so they were they were leaning heavily on that fundraiser. But they were really looking to diversify funds and starting to bring in other funds in different areas. So I was hired to raise funds for uh, the signature gala event. And then they also hired shortly after somebody who is focused on a specific breast cancer event. So they were starting to create different opportunities. They saw the writing on the wall that, hey, the times are going to be tough and we're probably going to have to cut some positions. And so they were putting some emphasis on let's raise some funds in some new areas. So I was really, you know, really excited and eager to jump in. Okay. Think about my perspective coming in versus maybe somebody who has already been there, who's been in the position prior to this and was seeing great success and was thinking about maintaining their events and just keeping donations coming in a status quo. Completely different, right? So my mindset was new money, new money, new money. 
I was knocking on doors. I was scheduling appointments. I was making friends. I was inviting people to volunteer. I was trying to create new volunteer roles, new volunteer positions so that I could get myself in front of different companies, different individuals. And I was just putting myself out there everywhere I could. I was hungry, right? So, but what was happening with my counterparts at the time was they were maintaining relationships. So they were not eagerly going out necessarily and knocking on new doors because their events were already successful. And so they were just maintaining donations. Sure, they were trying to raise more funds too. They wanted to grow the event year after year, but I watched what they were doing. And then I also watched what my counterparts like in, you know, the competition, quote unquote competition, competition of other organizations in the community who were doing similar events like I was trying to create. So I spent almost every day researching what were they doing, who were their who were their sponsors, who were their top volunteers, and I was watching what was working. And I was trying to modify everything that they were doing and take it up. My whole goal was I want to take it up, not like a hundred notches. I just want to take it up two or three notches. So when people saw what we were doing, they were like, okay, you guys are coming out of the shoot. You're new, you're exciting, you're fresh. And we want to hear more about what it is that you're doing. So I needed to take things up a notch. So the first thing I want you to think about here, if you are looking at raising funds during this crazy season and you're looking for new money, number one, you need to change your perspective. Okay. I I just shared with you, you have to be hungry. So change that perspective towards opportunity and move away from the fear and loss, anxiety of what was maybe behind us. We are, none of us are doing anything the same. Like I can't even go and listen to a YouTube video about anything before. Like I have to only watch things like I'm, I'm crazy about, like I, I only want to pay attention to people who've been talking in the last couple of weeks because all that other stuff is kind of irrelevant right now. And maybe we'll get back to that and maybe we'll, you know, I can go back to some of those videos and those podcasts and listen to that stuff. But we live in a different world today than we did just a month ago, just six weeks ago. We live in a completely different world, right? So this is something where I'm like, we gotta we gotta push everything that we knew before to the side and we've gotta start looking at today. What opportunities do we have today? What are we going to do to create tomorrow? What are we going to do to create this future of our organization and make sure that dollars come in day after day, year after year, okay? So thinking about that. So number two, after we, you know, you're hungry, our perspective is focused on opportunity. Number two, I want you to create something new create something new. So start over. (laughs) I mean, like, and, and I'm not saying like you have to scrap everything that you've done in the past, but all I want you to do is, is create new, fresh perspective with this, like new, uh, like just innovate, be creative and take maybe something that you've done in the past and modify it. So some of, some of the, um, you know, these charities that have been working on gala events or dinners or events kind of like that or walk events any sort of event where it's like okay we're used to gathering in mass and now we can't do that so clearly we're not going to hang on to that old fundraiser hoping that things are going to change because just like the recession you know of 2008 and 2009 we can't purchase homes the same way that we used to purchase our homes you know, and when 9-11 happened, we 
we change the way that we fly. You cannot get on an airplane the same way that you got on an airplane prior to 9-11. So think about that. We are not going to be able to do fundraising events the way that we were able to do them prior to, to March the 11th when everything really blew up with this thing. So we are going to have to create new ways that we're going to do fundraisers where we do have a bit of social distancing and that we have some space between people. So gathering in big crowds is probably not going to be a big thing for us this year. And we're obviously going to move towards it. We're going to get back to those events. I know we are, but we got to make sure that we don't rely on these big gatherings in order for our donations to come in the door. This is why so many causes are moving towards monthly donations versus these one-time event-focused fundraisers. So what can you do? Maybe you don't raise money on a monthly basis, and maybe that's something that you want to do, and that's a new way of raising funds in this season. Whatever it is, whatever that new perspective, this new idea that you're trying to incorporate, let's just create some space for that. Let's allow for some time in our schedule to really think through what could we do to really be prepared during this season, okay? All right, so create something new. That's number two. And then number three, I want you to consider (laughs) inviting volunteers to help you create this new idea. So engaging volunteers during this season. Uh, I believe heavily on empowering volunteers. Uh, I believe that our successful organizations, our most successful fundraisers happen because we've got a lot of people who are all moving in the same direction together. We often call that a movement, right? We're all moving in the same direction. So your cause most likely is a part of a movement and you are one of many people who are a part of that movement and you're engaging people to come on board with you. So the number, I mean, you have to invite people to serve and to step up. If you try and go this alone, if you try and do this on your own, you will only get so far. Think about anything you have accomplished in the past. It only was effective because you had several people who were moving in the same direction. I don't care if that's a parent, a child, a spouse, a, a pet, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know. But regardless, you're all moving in the same direction together, which creates momentum, and it also creates this new energy and excitement, which gives you the ability to be hungry, you know, so it, it all works collectively together. So I want you to, you know, really focus on what can I do to engage volunteers in? Okay. So all that, all of this comes back to that. I want people, you know, I want to empower people to step up and I want it to be their idea. So You know, when I was back to, you know, how I raised a half a million dollars during a recession was that I started and I talk about this often in my book, you know, Fundraising Freedom. I talk about how finding that one volunteer, who is that one person that you can engage and invite into this? So, okay, let's just let, you know, for the sake of our conversation today, let's just clear the slate, all right? We are gonna, we're gonna just imagine for a moment that we are doing absolutely no fundraisers, okay? Zero, you're starting from scratch. We get to create this thing however we wanna create it. So what are we gonna do? We have X number of dollars to raise. Let's just say you've got $100,000 that you have to raise. I know that that may be very low for your cause, but let's just, for the sake of our conversation, go there. Okay, so we've got $100,000 to raise. We have $0 today, 
okay? $100,000 in new money that we're looking to raise. And so what do we do? We reach out to that one person who's at the top of our mind. So in my case, I reached out to a friend of mine. Uh, actually, we weren't even friends at that time. She was just an acquaintance. I met her at this networking event and she sat down next to me. I remember very clearly as day that she said, uh, Mary, I know everybody in this town. And she just said it kind of flippantly. Like she didn't, it wasn't, you know, arrogant or anything like that. She just said, I know everybody here because I've been working in this community for a long time. And so I, when I heard that, it immediately was like, it just resonated because I was like, okay. So several years had passed and I just remembered that conversation that I had with her. And I thought, okay, I'm building this brand new fundraiser that I had just been hired for, right? And I thought to myself, who could I call up that could help me? Now, I didn't have any intention of her being uh, this amazing volunteer or even that her really being engaged all that much. I just wanted to get her feedback. I genuinely wanted to get her advice. I did not want her cash. I, you know, that's all great and that's fine too. But I really wanted her advice on this particular fundraiser. I wanted to know her pulse on the community. So I called her up and I, I left her a message. She didn't call me back for several weeks, but when we did talk and she responded, we had this great conversation. Now, at this point, I didn't even know that I was going to be doing a Western themed event. All I was tasked with was Mary put on a signature fundraiser that's focused on a dinner. So a gala like fundraiser. Okay. That's all I was tasked with doing. And I was told that I needed to raise $50,000. Okay. Easy enough, $50,000, we're gonna do a fundraiser, it's gonna look like a gala, and that's all I needed to know. So during my research phase, as I was watching and looking at what are my counterparts doing in my organization, what is my competition doing in the community, I started to really get a gauge on what, what was working and what wasn't. So when I got on the phone with her and we just had this conversation, she she was like, okay, let me do a little research and then I'll call, you know, and let's get back in touch, okay. Perfect. Like literally hung up the phone. She called me back within minutes because what did she do? She typed in American Cancer Society Gala and up pulled our signature fundraiser in Dallas, Texas, the Cattle Barons Ball that was raising well over $3 million at this point. Uh, and she was like, why are we not just replicating this? We should be doing this in our town. We are we are an ag community. We have tons of people who care about uh, cattle and, and agriculture. We should be doing this kind of fundraiser here. And I was like, okay. And in my mind, I'm like, I am not country. I don't own cowboy boots. Like I'm not I'm not that girl. I don't run in that circle. But you know what? It didn't matter. It didn't matter. And within 18 months from that conversation, we had net $500,000, okay? You see how this all started? It was a conversation with one person and I just asked her for her, her advice and I said, what would you do? I'm tasked with raising this money from zero. We've got $50,000 to raise. Here's what I'm thinking. I had done my research. I threw some ideas at her and then we bounced back and forth. And ultimately what came out of this was this huge fundraiser that we put on in the middle of the Great Recession. <laughs> I mean, I still kind of pinch myself looking back on it, but I have replicated this same fundraiser and helped thousands of organizations and individuals do the same thing. So this is not some pie in the sky, oh, you've got to work for this billion dollar nonprofit or whatever your excuses right now is 
I was 27 years old, tasked with raising $50,000 in the Great Recession, and we were able to pull this thing out of the hat because of a process that I followed. Now, I was very fortunate. I had a great mentor. I talk about him often. His name is John Kiger. Shout out to John, <laughs> but he's in, in Texas, and um, but he was my mentor, and I had him walking me through this every step of the way, which is ultimately why I do the work that I do. I believe that everybody needs a John, so I'm, I'm going to be the John <laughs> for as many organizations as I can help, because we all need a guide. You know, if you've never raised this kind of money before, it does feel like it's a bit impossible. Like, how could we ever raise this kind of money? Some of you are just trying to raise a couple thousand dollars, and others are trying to raise millions, and sometimes you just get into this season where you're like, okay, I know how to raise X dollars, but I have never added zeros on the end like this. And I've told you guys before, my previous fundraiser to, before this was $25,000. So I had gone from a $25,000 fundraiser to a $500,000 fundraiser within 18 months. And the only difference between that was I was hungry. I had brand new perspective. Like I just said, I was all about opportunity. I had zero fear. I had zero fear because I was like, I'm I'm not gonna fail. Like they just hired me to do this and I am I was bound and determined not to fail. And I was gonna surround myself with the right people and I was gonna do what they told me to do. And that's where I think that so many of us we fail, we fall because we think that it needs to be our thing. It needs to be just us. I'm doing this alone. It's not their problem. They shouldn't have to worry about it. But that is a false way of looking at this really bad perspective is that you have to do this by yourself or that, hey, I was hired to do the job. So therefore, it's on my shoulders to figure this out. No. Like, watch what is happening today with COVID 19. Look at how many people are stepping up. It is not one person's responsibility. It is not one celebrity's job to write a multi-million dollar check. It is everyone's job to do their part and everybody's in this trying to figure it out together, right? So your mission is the same thing. You are a movement all working towards your mission and vision. So whatever your end goal is, we're going to try and move as many people towards that as possible. So I want to just share real quick, you know, I said that $50,000 was what I was tasked with raising. But what I saw in my research before I even talked to this volunteer was I watched what everybody else was doing. I told you about the Texas event. You know, that one raised over $3 million at the time. There was a, another event that was raising a million, another at a million. So I was starting to see all these million dollar events and I thought, well, why can't we do a million dollars? So I, I immediately leaned towards, I wanna, I don't wanna just do status quo. I don't wanna just put on a regular old fundraiser. I wanna put on a fundraiser that's going to be the biggest fundraiser this this town has ever seen. Like I was excited and I wanted to create something that was really incredible and something that I was going to be personally really proud of. And uh, I can honestly say today that 
that that obviously came true. But I spent every single day thinking about this fundraiser. I spent every day engaging with new people, talking with people, some of which never gave us a penny, never got involved, could have cared a less about the fight against cancer. And you know, and that was the thing. That was okay because I didn't have any expectations. I didn't have any preconceived notions that people were going to love this fundraiser or that they were going to have any interest in being a part of it. So that's where I, I know that it's easy when somebody has great success. You know, maybe your fundraiser or maybe your organization has seen great success in the past. And so there's this pressure to live up to that great success. So you are trying to maintain what it has been that you've done in the past, more money, more people, more, more, more. And versus the person who has no expectations, nobody cares if it, I mean, nobody really cared. I mean, they did, but they didn't. Like they hired me to do something brand new. So like whether it succeeded or failed, it, it was really in the eyes of the beholder, right? Like um, did they think that it was a su- success? Did I think it was a success? You know, all these people had different perspectives, but it was way easier, as you can imagine, for me, a new hungry staff member to raise that kind of money in a great recession versus somebody who had had great success, who was trying to maintain their status and had had previous success and wanted to try and maintain it. So if you can flip the switch on all of this and come from the perspective of this is brand new, we have never seen this before. We have never been here before. Let's build this thing from the ground up and let's create something that we are so proud of. And let's do it with people that we really like. <laughs> you know, we often engage with people who are like, oh, these people, we should get them involved because they're well known in the community or they've given in the past or maybe they're well respected in certain circles that they run in. But I'm telling you that you don't have to do any of that. You could actually work with people that you really like. (laughs) You can choose to engage and invite people into this new fundraising campaign for this new season with great opportunity and do it with people that you really, really enjoy spending time with. Because you know what'll happen is as soon as you invite those people in, you're gonna love your job, you're gonna love the work that you're doing, and you're going to ultimately love fundraising. Ah, I know. <laughs> it's it's amazing what happens when you provide all these key elements and you put them all into this mix. It's amazing what'll come out of it. Now, I'm not saying that I had all it was all perfect and I had only wonderful volunteers who I worked with. I mean, like there were lots of people that drove me crazy, but I limited the amount of exposure that I gave them to our cause. I limited the amount of time that I spent with them because I couldn't I couldn't surround myself with that kind of energy. I had to continue to surround myself with really positive people who were who believed in the mission that I believed in, who believed that it was possible for us to raise the dollars that I wanted to raise. Now, I just mentioned that I was tasked with raising 50,000. In the end, what when I met my volunteer and I was you know, giving her a goal, I told her, I'm like, we need to raise a million. Like, we, we need to raise a million. I can't imagine us putting on this fundraiser and working this hard and inviting these kinds of people to come to the table without us setting a really big goal. And so we did from the very 
get-go, from the moment we started talking to people, we told them, we want to we want to make a million dollars with this fundraiser. Now, I said, uh, what the title of this, po- this podcast, this episode is, is how I raised a half a million dollars in new money during a recession. Okay, get that. My goal was a million, a million, and we raised a half a million during the recession. Imagine what we would have raised if we weren't in the middle of a recession. Now, I took the job. I didn't even know that we were in a recession at the time. I was too young. I didn't care. I I really didn't pay attention to all that, the stock market and all that stuff. I just put my head down and I, I really just wanted to create the greatest fundraiser that town had seen. And so it allowed us to keep perspective on on what we were there for. And so I want you to realize that, is that whatever the goal is that you're setting for yourself, for your cause, there's <laughs> during a recession, there's a really high likelihood that you're gonna raise half that amount, okay? So that means that if you're trying to raise $100,000, you cannot tell yourself $100,000. You have to tell yourself 200 or 250. Okay, and I know that sometimes people have a hard time with that because they're like, well, I don't want to falsely tell people how much we're raising. And I'm like, well, you haven't raised it. Like you have no, nothing to go off of. So when you say, hey, we'd like to raise a quarter of a million dollars, like what if you raised a quarter of a million dollars? Like wouldn't that be incredible? Wouldn't you be able to do so much more for your cause if you raised a quarter of a million versus a hundred or, you know, a million versus a half a million? Of course, you know, like I worked for an organization. I was very fortunate in the fact that sky was the limit. You know, I could set these really high goals because there were always researchers who were waiting for grants. And so, there, we could raise a million, we could raise five, we could raise 10. And all of that was just more research, more opportunity to move towards our vision of ending, you know, finding a cure for cancer. So I want you to stay within the parameters of your cause. But at the same time, I want you to see that you're going to have to set your goal. And we often, my boss, I, I interviewed her here on the show several episodes back, but we talked about stretch goals. And she would always make sure that we had a stretch goal. So a million dollars was my stretch goal and $50,000 was the goal that I was tasked with. That was the goal that if I didn't raise $50,000, they probably would have fired me, (laughs) okay? So, and I was working towards somewhere in the middle, you know, like I wanted to, to just make sure that we had a really successful season and that if my name was on it, that we were gonna do something really exceptional. So I hope that you can see through this situation that there's a lot of lessons learned. There's a lot of things that you can see, but the greatest, you know, the three things I want you to take away from this is really having that opportunistic perspective. You know, I wanna make sure that you're creating something fresh during this new season that we have never experienced before. And I wanna make sure that you engage volunteers in this season. Make sure that you don't get so caught up in your own thoughts that you can be open to new, fresh ideas and perspectives. I cannot tell you how many nonprofits I talk to who are afraid of change. Now that is human behavior. We are all a bit afraid of change. I'm sure having to switch up your routine and you know do things that you normally wouldn't do, like maybe on the weekends, you have things that you like doing and you just haven't been able to do them. That is hard. 
because now you're doing something different and it's change. So it's uncomfortable whenever you do something new. So you're going to feel that tug of war a little bit when it comes to this season and your fundraising. We are doing something brand new. We're trying new things. And so I'm not saying like, don't do your previous fundraisers that you were doing before, but I'm telling you, take some time to think about maybe what could we add? What could we do right now that would take this thing to a whole new level? And I don't want you just to say, oh, I'm trying to hold on tight to something that was done in the past, but I want you to be really thinking about the opportunities that you have ahead of you. All right. So I do have um, a free resource for you guys. So uh, I've been working really hard on uh, during the season, especially on just rebranding and and doing exactly what I'm telling you guys to do is get new, fresh perspective, you know, create opportunities of growth and all of this that I'm talking about today. I want to do the same thing. So I actually created a checklist for you guys. Um, This checklist is actually it's it's the exact checklist that I used to build this half a million dollar fundraiser. Okay, so, and by the way, I did, you know, I raised a half a million dollars in that first year of this fundraiser in 2009, but in 2010, we raised 600. And in 2011, we raised over 700,000. So the fundraiser continued to grow year after year. Now, obviously, I, I was promoted and I moved on, and so other people have picked up the fundraiser. But in my five years that I did it, we raised over $3.2 million. And this checklist that I have created for you guys is literally the process that I did to raise this money. So I do not want to keep you. I don't want to I don't want to stop you from raising the funds that you want to raise for your cause. So be sure to pick up this free checklist. I'll have a link in the show notes for you, but you can just jump on maryvaloni.com and you can get that free download, okay? So uh, when you do jump on that uh, maryvaloni.com, you may see uh, my new branding. So I've um, been working really hard on updating my website and getting everything up and running. So forgive me as it is uh, in transition. So if you see anything uh, typo or anything, hey, we are working on it. All right. (laughs) So give me some grace. But uh, I do want you to go pick up that free download uh, right there on my homepage at maryvaloni.com. All right. So it's just the checklist and all you have to do is download it and you can start checking through the list and see where you're missing and where you can fill in the gaps, okay? So do not sit back during this time. I know I feel like I'm a broken record talking about not freezing during the pandemic because there is no reason for us to sit back. This is where I say, this is where billionaires are made. Uh, Those guys are looking at perspective. They're looking at opportunities. So a lot of people are making a lot of money during this time and a lot of organizations are going to grow and multiply and they're going to see crazy changes that are being made for the positive. So do not be the organization that sits back holding on to every dollar. Be the organization, be the individual who's going to step up and take these opportunities and take this time for some crazy changes. All right. Okay. On that note. All right. Love you guys. Hope you have a great week. Let's go change the world one volunteer and one dollar at a time. 